Welcome back to the Fremantle Art Centre podcast. I'm recording this from a very stormy North Perth, if you can hear some bluster in the background. The beauty of us doing this as opposed to in our front garden is you're not getting wet. We can hang out at a virtual show in the dry comfort of a podcast. My name's David Craddock. I program the music at the Art Centre. And if this is the first time you've listened to Fat Chats, the new Fremantle Art Centre podcast, basically we're trying to give you an approximation of what it's like to visit the Art Centre during this time. We're trying to bring all of the great artists we work with to you. We've been speaking to musicians from all around Australia. Last week we spoke to the City's Collections curator Andre Lipscomb about some of the artworks in our collection and we're trying to basically keep you in contact with great art during this time. This week's guest is not related to a show or event coming up at the Art Centre, but she's behind one of the most exciting and popular live music platforms in Australia right now. Emily Ullman is one of the co-founders of Isolate, and if you've watched one of your favourite musicians on Instagram in the last 11 weeks, chances are I reckon you've been watching them as part of Isolate. When the music industry was kind of paralysed about 11 weeks ago and shows began getting rescheduled and everyone was still trying to get their minds around how live music would work, Emily and some friends were able to launch incredibly quickly in really impressive Pace, a platform called Isolate, which basically is a all-day live music festival where you are handballed or kind of leapfrog from artist to artist via Instagram and you watch them perform beautiful little 20-minute sets, usually in their own houses. Isolate encourages viewers to donate to Support Act, a key organisation donating money to musicians and crew, music industry crew during COVID-19, but also, of course, it's a great way to point the public to artists' merch and music sales and has been incredibly successful in growing artist profiles and putting money in their pockets when it's very incredibly hard for people to play live, near on impossible. Emily is the director and programmer of Isolade, and when you look at their lineups, I can't think of anyone really who would have spoken to as many Australian musicians during this time. Um, It must be an incredible job to drag all these people together and get them in front of their phones every weekend. So I was really interested to chat to Emily about a new form, a new way we're all experiencing music during COVID-19 and to get a kind of a finger on the pulse of how Australian artists are feeling because she's speaking to a lot of them. So uh, without further ado, here's a chat with Emily Ullman, co-founder of Isolade Festival. I was the programmer for Brunswick Music Festival and another little venue in Brunswick in Melbourne called Small Time. And the short version is that the second week of Brunswick Music Festival was cancelled. And so this year long um, exploit of programming this, you know, these artists and this festival and something that I really take sort of to heart and I put a lot of myself into that festival particularly um, was cancelled and so discussing with a friend Murpire whose single launch tour had been cancelled we just decided that somehow the show could go on and we th- thought it was just going to be a one-off weekend of music and we particularly wanted to raise money for Support Act and specifically a fundraiser um, that Angie McMahon, her manager Charlotte Abrams and um, Angie's tech engineer, Jono, um, had started. So we wanted to raise money for that fundraiser and we wanted to give people a platform to 
play despite shows and being cancelled and venues being closed and um, yeah, so Isolate was born. It came together in two days, the first weekend and yeah, it was really just supposed to be a one-off and we sort of had this immediate reaction to how sort of beautiful and supportive and important it felt. Um, and so here we are, yeah. heading into week 11. And for listeners of ours that may not have seen it yet, it's basically 20 minutes set and the whole thing is it's kind of, it's a big handball in that the artist then passes on to the next artist. Can you explain a little bit of the format to some people that may not have seen yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, as you mentioned, so it's, it's um, the platform is Instagram. So it's an Instagram yeah. live virtual festival. So yeah, as you said, the artists each play 20 minutes and then they tag team the next artist, so it's very much about supporting other artists and also discovery. And um, and it's also important to note that the streams, the live streams are on the artist's own Instagram accounts. There are lots of other streams and initiatives and things happening on you know, other people's platforms, but it was very important to us to give platform to the artists and to, so artists see a, you know increase of followers and yeah we just want to promote the artist first and foremost so yeah so it's a 20 minute set I suppose and then um, the next artist plays 20 minutes and it, and so it goes. As as this kind of new format unfolds have you had to adapt or have real thoughts about um, like the financial model Do, at, at the moment are you purely encouraging people to um, support the artists by their music and then if they have you know disposable income to support to support that or how are you dealing with that because that's something we're all dealing with as well in this industry how to in a virtual world still point people to artists financially exactly well, that's a really uh, important and actually pertinent question because I'm actually right in that decision making stage right now and so I should also say that um, the wonderful Murpire sort of left Isolate quite early on to follow her musical dreams and to stay yeah to step away from the festival so I've kind of just been um, running it myself and paying for everything myself so the artists haven't been paid but I, I also work for free as do the digital marketing team that I've um, right. been working with and so we're all volunteering I guess um, so that's kind of um, a difference I think when other initiatives and other people <coughs> sorry have been approached like when other artists have been approached to perform for brands or for um, various things for free um, I think yeah there's just a different um, mindset there's a different kind of ethos behind that and behind something like Isolade, which is, you know, I'm an artist. I, for me, it's like by artists for artists kind of thing. Like, it's not like I'm making money or, or um, even though I would like to, but anyway, so. It, no, that, that yeah. really comes across like, and knowing you that, that is, it, it makes a lot of sense that it's come from a kind of DIY indie world. Yeah. It, that, yeah, that really comes across. And, and are we, you finding anecdotally that people watching the ads, even though there isn't a huge kind of call to action that, that they are donating and that the people are seeing at, you know, band camp sales and things like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, Great. Yeah, even on a personal level, I played Isolate 2 and I didn't even mention my band camp. I mentioned Support Act numerous times. I didn't even have band camp in my 
um, bio because I really just wanted to encourage donations to support act but I sold five albums and I'm still selling albums actually so um, and I increased my followers by sort of two three hundred and so yeah but back to your previous question about monetization and paying artists that is something that I'm um, looking at doing now like that is something that I from the very beginning was something that I really wanted to do at some stage but um, because of the lockdown and because of the crisis, I felt at that time that Support Act was um, the focus and that was really important to me and, and the aid in Isolade was about supporting the Australian music community as a whole and um, <clears throat> so, sorry this is my morning throat even though um, I'm just it's fine. Haven't, <laughs> haven't spoken yet. This is, the, this is the world, everyone in meetings all over Australia has morning throat right now. I know, totally, but as soon as your throat starts getting weird, I'm like, do they think I have it? Do they think I have it? You know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, I can't clear my throat without sort of, yeah, yeah. listeners going, is she okay? Yeah. Um, it's fine. But she- yes, so, but now I'm, I'm restructuring it. I really want to focus on paying artists something. Um, I'm going to try and move donations from, like, yeah, not... Uh, like either or both kind of thing like people can support don't um, support act or donate to artists directly I just I think it's time now that um, yeah that I look to support the artists as well who are incredible and donating their time and yeah and need to find platforms to monetize and make some money even if it's minimal yeah got it you've communicated i reckon with more independent musicians than most people in australia over the last 11 weeks what is the atmosphere amongst them like what you what's the pulse that you're feeling are they hopeful because most of these people are such resourceful creative people i know it is a very depressing sad thing but the musicians i've spoken to there is a kind of a nice hope there still oh it's unbelievable like how positive and how sort of community-minded musicians are even if I encourage people to promote their own music and their own band camps or merch platforms they'll still you know predominantly talk about support act people send me thank you t-shirts and and merch of their own to you know thank me while they're not even making money um, and People have used Isolate as a um, as a toe in or putting a foot in the virtual bath of, of these live streams and mm. because it's they're twenty minute sets it's not like it's a whole gig worth of music, so oftentimes it's a platform for musicians to then go on and stream separately and do their own things for longer and to monetize that and but overall, like the response has been so incredibly positive and grateful and they've enjoyed sort of having something to look forward to um, and having performed myself, like I can say how I had the pre-gig jitters. I was like, even though I was in my room, in my lounge room, like I always am where I play music, you know, most days, I still had that gig feeling like playing to my phone and knowing there were, you know, hundreds of people watching me on the other side. So it's almost become its own artistic form now, the live stream, in that there are good streams and there's bad streams and artists are getting used to playing with the form. As someone that's seen heaps of them, what do you think makes a good stream? 
It's a great question. I think knowing which platform you're on and what's going to be best for the medium that you are streaming to. So specifically for Instagram Live, um, the portrait mode, like vertical, having your phone vertical means that the comments are the same direction as the stream, which right. is important for viewers who are trying to watch you and communicate with you and the other people watching. Um, so I think like, you know, I think you don't need a, a lot to make a stream look and sound good. I think having a play around beforehand, I always encourage people who haven't streamed live to just see what looks good, what sounds good, if there's if you're in a noisy place or if your internet connection is better near the modem or um, just those small things that can make the experience better for you and the viewer. Making sure your phone is charged, it's amazing how many people don't charge their phones and also don't put them on um, silent or not, do not disturb. Yeah. So people's mothers have called during their, uh, <laughs> during yeah. their stream. So yeah. there's a few obvious things, but um, People but yeah. get so creative. Like everyone is lying if, if they say, but it's all a, like a huge part of the appeal is looking into people's houses, isn't it? It's like, oh, what absolutely. is on the bookshelf? How good are the house plants? It's a big part of the appeal, I reckon. So I guess cleaning the house is probably some other advice. I mean, yes or no, it depends what your aesthetic is. I think people true. have very different, um, yeah, different musical personas that w they, yeah. William Crichton's been doing them from up in New South Wales. I think it is from around a campfire, which has been quite evocative so and cool. So lovely. Yeah. yeah, we've had people on tractors. We've had people in the bathroom. We've had, uh, we had... Um, Dan Oak from Jarrow played in bed. He was like tucked yep. up in bed. Um, People have been so creative. Ella Hooper did a whole puppet show thing to begin with, as though the puppets were performing. Wow. Um, the creativity is, I mean, unsurprising, really. People are so, you know, wildly creative. But I think just the wealth of talent. People say to me all the time, like, aren't you going to run out of artists? Like, having 50 or so artists each week. And it's just, it's just impossible to run out. Like, I don't think this could go long enough to run out of artists. Yeah. You also have an isolated couple. I saw that you've mentioned that on your Twitter. Can you tell us about the isolated couple? That was a cute story. So cute. I don't know. I mean, they're definitely still friends because I chat to them both. I don't know if the romance is still, um, still whatever the word is. Blossoming. Uh, blossoming, yeah. But basically they met in the chat, um, yeah, because they kept seeing each other pop up in the artists that they both liked. And so they realised that they had common taste in music and musicians. And so I guess they had a little flirt. I was trying to remember which um, which gig or which artist it was that they kind of realised that there was something going on. But then they took their chat offline, like out of the <laughs> festival. <laughs> and they disappeared for a few acts and then came <laughs> back again. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's like, where have you two been? Um, so so sweet. But people also had a first date in one of the... Um, one of the live streams one weekend, um, two people were in the chat together sort of experiencing their first kind of hangout. Well, obviously not hanging out, but like chatting to each other and told the crowd that they were on a, a date, on their first date together. Amazing. So um, there've been proposals, there've been, um, yeah, it's, it's like the chat itself is a whole other thing, like a whole other part of the festival that's just been so wildly surprising and... Yeah lovely and just yeah do you think this will change the relationship um 
artists have with their audiences. Really early in the piece, I was thinking of artists like Darren Hanlon or Ben Salter that already have these crazy close connections with their audience through mailing lists and followers, and, and they're already kind of candid and very like tight with their audience. Do you think um, to be successful, artists are going to have to be like that, very close to their audience? It's interesting. It's an interesting question, and it's inter- they're interesting examples because um, Daz and Ben are both sort of touring musicians who live off their music mm. and it's they're very sort of distinct examples of musicians that that have made a career really from their music and lots of musicians don't they and you know not from by choice a lot of the time but that's why have, I use them I feel like they they have made a career because they've got really close and kind of efficient relationships with their audience they're good at staying in contact and letting them know that they're in some tiny town and come out and there's 30 people exactly. in the room yeah, and I think that that's exa- that's a really poignant and and yeah, that, I think that's spot on. I think that you know, in order to have whatever success looks like, but what you know, to have a successful um, career as a working touring musician, you probably do need to have um, these close relationships. And whether or not, I think I think yes, I think this time will create stronger bonds. People are doing things like um, that. People can pay to have zoom gigs or zoom chats with artists directly like people artists are getting quite creative in ways that they can make money and and um yeah not just sort of like live streams to lots of people but making smaller um gigs and smaller offerings to enable yeah to to make some money and i think you know on the flip side there are also quite a few bands that i've contacted to perform as part of Isolate who have declined and not because they don't want to it's like they don't have the like it just doesn't translate like so much of what they do is is you know driven or kind of made enhanced by the crowd and the yeah you know the the atmosphere of being in a live room with live with people and so that's interesting to me as well because um yeah what does it mean to be in a yeah in a live venue what does it mean not to be what does it mean for yeah the connection that you have with the artist yeah it kind of depends on that but on that you have started isolate a kind of Mm -hmm. late night party spin-off can you tell me a bit about that yeah so isolate came about because it became apparent that once i would sort of wind up programming for the day so initially it was 12 p.m. to 12 a.m., so midday to midnight, the programming yeah. on Saturday and Sunday. And so it was 24 hours of programming. And that was, you know, initially because I didn't know how long the festival was going to go for. And I, um, you know, it just seemed that we were all very uncertain and locked in our houses and, you know, unsure about when restrictions would be eased. And so as things have slowly been, um, you know, less uh, stringent in terms of restrictions, and people have been out and about. I've sort of relaxed the hours and shortened the length of the festival, mainly because I don't think it's good for people to be in front of a screen for however many hours. And lots of people will sit there and watch absolutely every act. There are people, probably 20 or 30 people, that don't miss a single act, and they're incredible, and the festival is made (laughs) because of people like that. And, Mm. but, you know, we're allowed out and about, and that means different things in different states. Um, and territories but um, yeah so 
God, I've lost my train of thought. Um, the isolate. So what, why, oh, yeah, yeah, why yeah. you ended so, up? Yeah, so basically, um, so the demand was obviously there and people at the, at the last act that would play at 10 p.m., invariably people would be sort of like, kick-ons, let's have an after party. And <laughs> they would nominate someone's account, whoever that might be, and move over to their account and have, yeah, wow. have an after party or chats. Like the community is incredible. And so people would go live and split screen anyway. So the demand was there to have a later night thing. And I yeah. just thought Isolate was super cute. And because I brought a sponsor on board, it meant that um, we could pay artists, which again is something that I really have been wanting to do. So, and it's a trial. So this week's sure. week three of Isolate. And I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how much longer that'll go well, for. Everything's a trial, really. Exactly. In, in this world at the moment, the whole thing's a big trial. So let's move in <clears throat> to the physical world. How do you think, um, I'm not sure on the specifics in Victoria yet, but do you think little house concerts and tiny little pub gigs will be coming back soon? How do you see the physical world rolling out? So, yeah, that's a lovely thought. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I know that like there's a real divide between people who will head straight to the pub as soon as they're allowed and others who are more tentative and, yeah, not as eager to kind of jump back in. I think it might take a little while. I think obviously the international borders will be closed for longer than the domestic ones. Um, but I love that idea of little house concerts and that sort of parlour um, uh, set up and, and yeah, I think that that could be really cool. I think like I'm really mindful because I'm, I have to be, and also because I get so many messages and emails from people all the time saying, um, all sorts of things from, you know, thank you so much. Like I haven't been able to go to gigs because of, um, you know, I have an aversion to, or, you know, to loud noises or crowds or, you know, I live in a remote town, so this has just been incredible. So, and, and then people saying like, I know that restrictions are easing, but you know, please don't forget those of us who always have restrictions. Like we have, yeah, physical or, or um, your psychological barriers, or perhaps, you know, people are pregnant or can't get babysitters, or there are so many reasons why people may not be able to get to gigs. And so I'm really mindful of the fact that while restrictions are easing for most of us, they won't be for a lot of us as well. And so, yeah, that's at the forefront of my mind. Yeah, I think like heaps of industries, all the things the music industry has learnt in this time, little bits may stay, as you say. There may, you know, when the traditional live music industry comes back, they're, they're, no doubt I'm sure there might be a much bigger streaming industry that runs alongside it. Totally. And it's interesting because I do, well, I think I will be programming Brunswick Music Festival next year as well, 2021. Mm. And yeah, what is that going to look like? Will there be a street party? Will venues be open? Will there be sort of huge gaps between seats? Will a 500 cap venue be, you know, only be able to accommodate sort of 100 people? Yeah. Tell me, Dave. Tell well, me, these Dave, are questions Dave. like all, all of those questions you just rattled off are, are things we're dealing with as well. And I Absolutely. think that like the honest answer is we don't know yet. And, and that's the tricky thing for people in our positions is that we're planning for things that we don't quite know. So, like, you know, we've got a million spreadsheets for a million different scenarios. And then when someone tells us 
what's okay. I guess you just have to, you know, execute yeah. that plan and try and do it as safely as possible whilst... But the thing about live music is it's like, it's about fun and relaxation and, and, and that's the tricky bit in our world, like letting people let down their guard and feel safe in these environments that are traditional, mm. you know, our, our venue, you sit on the grass and you chill out. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's going to be hard and, and that's something we're all dealing with. Yeah, I think like <clears throat> that thing about letting your guard down and like that is another beautiful thing about Isolate and it kind of touches on your earlier question about the connection between the musicians and the artists and how sort of different, I guess, that's become and... Um, and I guess like seeing into people's houses, um, when Freya Josephine Hollick performed, for example, her what she was playing at mid-song, and you could see her little daughter Opal sneaking behind her yeah. while she was playing, and it turned out that Opal was taking the opportunity while her mum was playing to go into the kitchen and sneak some jelly beans. <laughs> uh, it was just such a lovely moment, and things like that you'll never, you'll yeah. There's just this incredible intimacy and yeah. there's so many examples like that of just moments that have happened that you're just like that will never happen at another you know that just doesn't happen and you get this um yeah this snapshot of these really lovely yeah glimpses into people's real lives that's it um yeah i love that but, you're seeing the positive side of it it is it's, yeah it comes across in the spirit of everything you're doing um emily let's leave it there i don't you, you probably need to start planning isolate 13, 15, 12. <laughs> I'm sure you're really busy. I don't want to take too much of your time, but thank you so much from everyone for, oh, what, for you. what you're doing and for giving us gigs on our couch every week. You are so welcome. And thank you to everybody who's performed, who's helped the performers performed, who's donated, who's supported, who's bought merch, who's just been, yeah, buying, yeah, music from the performers, everyone, the community. We're just super lucky. And I think, like, yeah, it's testament how resilient and strong our music community is and i think we're going to be fine on the other side great thanks so much Alan. thanks to you thanks. see you in the comments yeah. yay <laughs> thanks amy <laughs> What a gem. You've been listening to Emily Ullman, the programmer for Isolade Festival. She's doing such an important job right now. Make sure you check out the Isolade Instagram and their website to see when your favorite artist is next performing as part of that festival. If you're listening to this on a web browser, make sure you subscribe on one of the podcasting platforms. It just means we can get it easier to you each week. And if you've got friends that enjoy hanging out at the Art Centre and you think they'll like these fact chats, let them know about it. We, are, we want to get as many people that hang out at the Art Centre as possible and people that don't hang out at the Art Centre to uh, hear from the artists that we love. Uh, thank you, as always, to, to Odette Merce and her Soul Atomics for providing the theme music you're listening to now, Ain't Nothing, that's available at their band camp. We'll see you next week. Music